0: This is Brain Diet, episode 209, Underrated Skills for Weight Loss. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach, Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. We are episode 209, and we are talking all about weight loss and some underrated skills that usually accompany successful attempts at it. Now, in order to share with you the underrated skills that I think are in part what makes it Possible, sustainable, and lasting. I do need to share the weight loss basics. The basics that without which weight loss is either guaranteed to not happen or very, very unlikely to happen. And so, as I share some of these basics, without these, you will not lose weight. But the underrated skills work so beautifully with all of the basics. So let me share with you what I mean. I wrote this on my notes. I called it like the, the macro part of weight loss. And I mean it in terms of like size of what matters, even though macro nutrients, macros play a really important role. But the macro part of weight loss, meaning this is what matters. This is what drives the needle. These are the big important basics that, like I said, without which weight loss will not happen or is very unlikely to happen. The first and most important no matter what, is energy balance. For weight to be lost, you must be in a calorie deficit. Now, I say weight to be lost, but what I actually mean is for body fat to be lost. For body fat to be lost, one must be in a calorie deficit. The science tells us energy balance if there is the presence of too much energy or there is a lack of adequate presence of energy, changes are going to happen with the tissues and and, and parts of our body. So if we have less energy coming in, we will lose weight or body fat, depending on a few factors. But if we are not taking into consideration energy balance, then it's going to be very difficult to achieve weight loss. Now, Energy balance, you can see it a little bit more clearly if you are tracking your calories, if you are tracking your macros, that of course is not the only way to do it. But I think one of the benefits of tracking what you're eating is having a much clearer picture of what's going on in your life and in your health and in your lifestyle that can help you shift and pivot and move forward as you try and go towards your goals. But some people have habits or or tricks or diets that don't require tracking and they are still able to lose weight successfully. Energy balance still applies in this case. It is because a person is in a caloric deficit, but some people learn to eat less in different ways. And so there's no right way to do it other than it has to be in a deficit. If you want your your caloric total has to be in a deficit if you want to lose weight. And if you want to lose body fat, there are other factors. And that leads me to the second part of the macro part of weight loss is the quantity and quality of macros and total calories. So once we have our deficit number in mind, or if we're not tracking, once we kind of know roughly how many meals we're aiming for, what type of foods we're aiming for, what is going to have a really drastic effect on the weight loss, the fat loss, or the body composition change is going to be the total quantity of the macros, that you, the total breakdown that you are consuming within those calories, because each of the three macros, not including alcohol, each of the three has calories and the presence of each is going to have an effect on how your body changes. And so the total quantity of how much protein you are consuming, how many carbs and how much fat you are consuming is going to have that effect. And then the quality of of your food sources is also going to have an effect. If you are eating whole food sources, calorie dense sources, now again, all can be incorporated in a really beautiful way, depending on the person, but that is part of the equation that is at play here is we have to have a level of quality that supports our overall health, regardless of weight change desires, but we also have to have a total quantity that is met. And a lot of times there's wiggle room with how it can be met. And that's where we have some personal opportunity for, for incorporating what we love and a type of eating, a way of eating that is sustainable and that we enjoy, even if we are in a caloric deficit. So those two things nutritionally are very important and play a very large role in weight loss, energy balance, flat out, 100%. If you are in a surplus, you will not be losing body fat. Now, again, when I say weight loss, the difference between weight loss and fat loss is oftentimes we can lose water. And that can happen even if we are in a surplus, if we eliminate carbohydrates for our diet. And so that's why it's important to recognize that that weight changes do not equate to long-lasting body fat changes. Those are much slower, but those are the energy balance is the one nutritional thing. And the second thing is the quality of that energy and the quantity of the macronutrients within that energy value. Those things are kind of the, the bare bones, the structure that you need for weight loss. You need them to be in the right place for you and your body. Now, beyond that overall movement, how much you are moving throughout the day, not just during an exercise session, but throughout the day, whether you are on your feet a lot, whether you're walking, whether you're more sedentary, those things are going to play into your weight change goals. And the, within overall movement that does include exercise, but is not exclusively time spent exercising, uh, we burn calories just by moving, by blinking, by by bouncing our leg up and down, by by walking around the house, by by picking up our kids, those things contribute to our overall caloric burn in the day. Now, those things isolated may not be super significant, but all of it combined can really contribute to and move the need, Can contribute to a direction that the needle is going to move. And then within that, we have resistance training. So when we're talking about exercise in terms of of weight loss, exercise can support weight loss, and it can be a really great part. Of the process, but it's actually not 100% necessary for weight loss to happen. What is necessary is to be in a caloric deficit. What can help you be in a caloric deficit is exercise. Now, it's not as much as people think it is, but it can, again, be one of those pieces that grouped together can create a large amount of calories that are burned that can put you into a caloric deficit. Now, resistance training is necessary for body composition change because we need to be working our muscles, building our muscles and having that exist in the presence of enough protein in order to actually lose body fat and not body fat and lean tissue. If we are not resistance training, if we are not eating enough protein, then we can lose body fat, but we will also lose lean tissue and muscle. And those are the types of things that are so valuable for our health and valuable for the aesthetic that many of us want to create in the physique, how we want to look. So resistance training, while not 100% necessary for weight loss, it does play a really important role if you are looking for body composition shift because of how it manipulates what tissue you lose whilst in a deficit. The other two things that play a role in weight loss are sleep quality, how you are sleeping. If you're sleeping poorly, it can lead to poorer decisions throughout the day. It can lead to less energy, which leads you to move less. There are a number of ripple effects that sleep quality has that can then have an effect on your weight goals. And then that, in addition to stress management, if we are under a lot of stress, that influences the decisions we are making, how we are acting, what types of foods we are reaching for, you know, the, the state of our our nervous system and our body and all of that plays a role in weight loss. So those are kind of the, the macro pieces of, of the foundational pieces of, of what is required for weight or fat rather to be lost. But now I want to get into the underrated skills. And I think a lot of what I've shared, some of it's more common knowledge. A lot of people talk about it. And other times people talk about more like sensationalized things for weight loss, which that is not my jam. You should know that if you've ever listened to me ever. But beyond that, there are these underrated skills that I think are not as well known and are not as well utilized because it's a little bit more nuanced. It's a little bit more vague. Now I'm like a math person. I love math. And so the the numbers game of macronutrients and calories and exercise and and caloric burn and BMR, all those things are really I love them. I love them. I love learning about them. I love looking at them. I love manipulating them for myself or for my clients. It's just something that's really fun for me and I can see it very concretely, very clearly, right? But some of these more underrated skills they're a little bit more ambiguous, but they are really powerful in a person's overall efforts and journey to lose weight. And the first underrated skill for weight loss, I think I have six on here. The first is planning and sticking to said plan instead of basing decisions on emotions. So this has nothing to do with like hit your protein or it's nothing concrete in terms of like an actionable step that's very clear How to execute if you were to watch someone execute it. It's much more internal. But the planning part of our brain, that prefrontal cortex, has our best interest at heart, right? But it will often, if not most of the time, it will not align with what feels good in the moment. And so I think being able to plan. For a meal or for what you're going to eat for a week or for grocery, make a plan for something related to nutrition or exercise and be able to stick to it instead of deciding what we're going to do based on how we feel in the moment. I think this is the most underrated weight loss skill. And it sounds simple, but those moments when we don't really feel up to going to the gym, we don't really feel up to going out for a walk, we don't really feel up to eating boring food those moments are what compound to create a lasting result a willingness to not just feel good in the moment but think toward your future self and it's a skill that that many don't have without to, to no fault of their own but simply because it hasn't been taught necessarily because it is more of a an emotional skill that isn't as clear or easily teachable as get this much protein in your diet But think about like on the weekend, for example, this is a common time that people talk about it being really difficult to stick with their nutrition goals. Many people have an easier time with it during the week and then struggle with it on the weekend. But if you think about energy balance, how many calories you are consuming in a day and how many calories you're consuming over the course of a week matters. If you think about creating a deficit what you are trying to do is to create a deficit of about 3,500 calories, which equals a pound of fat, right? Or something like that. And so if you if you think about creating a deficit of, of not having enough calories over time to accumulate a deficit of 3,500 3, calories, that's what leads to weight loss. And that's why fat loss can be so slow and oftentimes not super linear because there are a lot of different factors. But usually people forget that you are trying to create a deficit over the course of a week or even a month, depending on the season of your life and how, how willing you are to go deeper into the deficit. But the weekend is when people will struggle to stay in the deficit for a variety of reasons. And the ability of a person to make a plan and stick to it every weekend over time, if they are in the realm of trying to lose weight, and it's not forever, but the ability to do that is oftentimes the difference between those that succeed and those that fail, is it can just come down to the weekend or even the evenings. And what happens is we might make a plan. You might say, this is what I'm going to eat this weekend. These are the calories I'm going to allow myself, or these are the foods I'm going to allow myself, is we have that in place. And then we go to a buddy's house and they've got appetizers and they've got lots of desserts or they've just got things that maybe you didn't consider or know about. And what happens is we have desire for those food foods which of course makes sense. We should have desire for food. But then because we want so badly to feel good in the moment, we end up overeating in those instances at the cost of our deficit and at the cost of our long-term goals. If we made decisions solely based on emotions, like without that prefrontal cortex, without that forward-thinking part of our brain, it would basically just equate to, how can I feel good now? And if we only lived that way, we would never get anywhere. We would never do anything hard. We would never grow. We would never exercise. We would probably abandon our children. We would never have any type of growth or positive change. That's why it's vital that we learn how to make a plan and stick to it instead of basing our decisions food decisions, nutritional decisions, exercise decisions instead of basing those on how we feel because very rarely are you ever going to really want to do the hard thing. Now there are moments where you might where you might be really excited to go to the gym, you might really be really excited to meal prep and enjoy that while you have it, but don't rely on it. Instead, learn how to make a plan and stick to it even when it's hard, even when it's not what you want in the moment. And I can break that down into two further subcategories. The first being what is required for this underrated skill of planning and sticking to a plan is a willingness to be uncomfortable. It's a willingness to be a little bit physically or a little bit emotionally uncomfortable. It's a willingness to sit with that discomfort without reacting to it. The second you can see discomfort as just a sidekick that isn't a problem, you open up the possibilities for your life and what is possible. Now, if you are doing a deficit properly, if you are going about weight loss in a healthy and strategic way, the physical and emotional discomfort shouldn't be absolutely extreme. There will be moments of intense emotions but and, and of physical hunger. But again, if you're doing it in a strategic way, it shouldn't be absolutely extreme. And if it is, it's just an indication of an opportunity to work through some internal things. Now, if there's a lot of physical hunger, then that's when I would maybe look nutritionally at some strategic changes. And that would be based individually on what the person was experiencing. But emotionally, if there are big emotions coming up because you can't, well, you could, but because you're choosing not to have dessert at a friend's party on the weekend, then it's a great opportunity To start to say okay what am i feeling how can i see it as a sidekick and how can i recognize that it's okay if i feel this way and i don't need to do anything about it i can just be a little bit uncomfortable and i cannot reward this urge that i'm having and thus be one step closer to whatever weight loss goal i have for myself but this is the most underrated skill and this is the one that very few people in my experience are good at right out the gate so give yourself some grace And be willing to let it be hard for a while because it will get easier if you let it be hard in the beginning. And the second subcategory of this underrated skill is just the ability to follow through. There are many people in the world that more often bail on a commitment than follow through. And when it comes to weight loss goals, perfection isn't required. It doesn't need to be perfect in every way. Because there are going to be times where follow through might be absolutely impossible. But I think that the underrated skill is having following through as your rule and bailing on something as being the exception. I am a a singer. I've been a singer for years and I'm asked to sing at different things periodically. And I'm always so flattered when I am asked to perform at something. And recently, there was this composer who asked me to be a part of something he had put together. And I was so honored and so sick. (laughs) And I had been sick for like a week prior to the event. He'd asked me well in advance. And I was like, oh, every day I'm like, oh, I'm going to get better. I'm going to be better by the time Tuesday comes around and I have to sing at this event. And I absolutely wasn't. I mean, I was so sick. And so I had to bail on this. And I was so sad because for one, I have so much respect for this composer and wanted to be a part of this and and collaborate in this way. But also too, because I am flattered when people ask and I like to be known as someone that follows through because the more that I follow through, the more I'm asked to do these things, the more success I have. And so while that isn't nutrition or exercise related, the principle still applies is following through on what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it is going to move you in a direction. Now, like I said, there is room for grace because perfection is not required and nor is it even possible because there will be moments where it just isn't happening. But to make following through, through your rule instead of being someone that bails on not just other people, but on yourself, on what you said that you would do and what you know is in your best interest and to know it's okay that you don't want to, it's okay that it's hard and do it anyway. Follow through on your plan, on what you said you would eat, when you said you would exercise over and over and over, and you will reach your goal. Success is going to come by doing things that you don't really want to do that don't feel great in the moment, time and time again. And yet it sounds so simple, like, yeah, just follow through. But man, do we overcomplicate it in our brains. We make it so much more than that. We make it, oh, I just can't possibly for this reason and this reason. Instead of just saying, I'm not following through on something because it doesn't feel good for me to do it. And that's okay. But just tell yourself the truth, the truth about it. And so maybe if the goal doesn't happen in the way that you want or, or when you want it to, you can be honest with yourself and say, yeah, it's because I didn't follow through and there's nothing to blame for that. It's simply information. There's nothing wrong with me that this is the case, but at least I can be honest with myself about it so that it gives me direction for and, and, a, and a problem that is solvable because it's something that's within my control. Thing number four that is an underrated skill for weight loss is a little bit more practical. It's keeping meals simple. When we want to overcomplicate meals, when we want it to be elaborate or beautiful, we create a lot of decisions to be made and thus can drain our mental energy, which leads to decision fatigue. If we are worrying about what to eat or if we are wanting to make it something that's grand or lovely, we drain our mental energy stores. And so keeping it really simple is a very underrated way of, of moving in the direction that you want to go in terms of your weight loss goals. And what is required in order to keep meals simple is knowing how to build a plate based on your goals. And this is why we need to understand those macro parts of weight loss, those those basic foundational principles. If we can understand those parts, the energy balance, the quantity and quality of macronutrients and calories in addition to sleep management and stress management and and movement, if we can understand those things and we have simple foods at hand, it becomes very easy to build a plate that will support your goals. If you know, I need a source of protein, I need a vegetable, I need a good source of fiber, or I need carbs, or I need fat, or I I need a, a fruit, or I need omega-3 fats or omega-6 fats, when you understand some of these basic principles, you eliminate a lot of decision fatigue and allow yourself to create quick and simple meals that might not be glorious and lovely, but they will be in your best interest. And with that in mind, if you are able to have regular, simple, consistent meals that you're that you enjoy eating over and over and over again. It's another way to make it a little bit easier. One of mine is tomatoes and cottage cheese and an apple. So I've got a good protein source. I've got some, you know, tomatoes, some micronutrients. We've got an apple that has micronutrients. It also has fiber. It's got carbohydrates. And for me, that's a really easy meal to have. It's simple. It's one that I enjoy and I don't have to overthink it. I don't have to complicate it for my own sake. And so decide for you, based on your goals and how you want to build a plate, what simple go-to meals can be that you can just have on repeat. Now, generally speaking, having a good protein source is going to be in most people's best interest. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes a bowl of pasta or a bowl of cereal can be equally as useful. But again, because protein plays an important role in fat loss and it is not as convenient to get some of the time, typically simple meals with high protein are going to be your best resource for moving towards your goal nutritionally without draining your mental energy getting there. Number five relates to number four, and that is to keep meals boring and just for the sake of fuel sometimes. Sometimes we eat for fun and we should it's a part of being alive. It's a lovely part of humanity and of, of being social and engaging with other people and also just to feel good, right? I think eating for fun is fun and it feels good and that is exactly how it should be. But it shouldn't need to be that every single time. Too often we get so used to the hyper palatable foods that then we feel such disappointment when we have such boring meals. And what I want to extend to you today is, again, we're not looking to feel good in the moment all the time. Plan for times when you want to feel good, when you want to eat, when you want to enjoy food and let that be something that is a part of your life that helps you have balance and sustainability and then make your other meals boring. It shouldn't be every time that it needs to be elaborate and delicious And sometimes a reheated leftover meal that wasn't your favorite is the best choice nutritionally because it's probably got the macros and the micros that you need to move you towards your goals. And it might not taste great, but it's going to be in your best interest. And so be open to just being a little bit disappointed, being a little bit bored with your food sometimes. And that's okay. And then plan, 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 plan for the fun foods. For me, I plan a treat. Every single day, and I love it. And the rest of my meals are pretty boring. Although dinners, sometimes I complicate them because I like it. I love cooking. I, it's fun for me to cook. I like experimenting with recipes. And all of that is what I've incorporated into my nutrition, my goals, and how I build meals. But what that means is that all day, my food is really boring and it's really simple. It's tomatoes, it's cottage cheese, it's chicken breast, it's broccoli, it's just basic, sometimes bland food. Now, I love to cook, and so I feel like I've found my own simple meals that I can make actually taste really good that I enjoy. But beyond that, I plan for a treat every single day, and that's really fun. And then I eat out twice a month. I go to a restaurant two times a month. That's it. And they are planned fun meals, usually with Ben. We're on a date. It's a good time. I pick out the restaurant because I know I want to eat a certain food. And that makes the fun foods really fun because it's a special occasion since I only go out to eat twice a month, but also just because it's quality time, it's getting a break from the kids, it's all these great things and good food. And that's amazing, but that's planned. That's very deliberate. Otherwise, if we just ate what felt good, we would never go in the direction of where we want to if you were looking to lose weight. Now, six, number six, the final underrated skill for weight loss. Again, might sound cliche, but it's having a love and appreciation for your body. Now, okay, if you're rolling your eyes, hear me out, hear me out. When we have a vacation in the future, if you don't hate where you are now, then waiting for a vacation is just fun. It's anticipatory. It's exciting. And you're just like, man, this is going to be so fun. We're going to be in this amazing place in a year from now. It makes the, the waiting, the process so much more fun because we can be happy where we are now and be really excited for where we are going. And this needs to be true for you in your body in order to make the experience pleasant and sustainable. If you can have an appreciation for what your body does and a love for it, it makes the journey getting to your goal so much more enjoyable. And it also helps you get out of your own way. Insecurity and body criticism stop women every single day from living their lives from trying new things from being uncomfortable from from doing hard hard things I just the Super Bowl was yesterday and I saw the Dove commercial that had some statistic about when girls quit sports that a a high percentage of girls quit sports by like the age 13 or something like that it was a pretty high percentage again you'll have to watch the commercial I don't remember the exact numbers But it made me a little bit teary that how we feel about our bodies is stopping us from having fun, from trying new things, from trying hard things for our own sake to see what we're made of and to just have a good time and live a colorful life. When you can really learn to love your body, your possibilities open up simply because you have gotten out of your own way with your own internal criticism. Now, it can be a really difficult work. I acknowledge that. But it's a work worth doing. And it's done by... Working with someone to help you see your thoughts from a distance, because sometimes how we feel about our body, if it is hatred or criticism or or ashamed, it can be too emotional and too painful to look at just ourselves. And it helps to have a third party, a coach to be able to look at it in a little bit more of a a distanced perspective. But working with someone to be able to genuinely see your body as a a neutral part of, of who you are. The body parts that make up your physical body, they are not good or bad. They are just parts. And we make them good or bad based on how we think about those parts. When you can genuinely understand the neutrality of your body and how it is not good, bad, beautiful, ugly, it's just a body and it exists. When you can understand that, it makes it so much easier to let some of those painful thoughts go because you're able to see them as a choice and as optional. You can see, oh, my body genuinely is neutral and I'm having a thought that it is ugly or that it is unattractive or unworthy. You can see that more as just a sentence in your mind than it is a truth because it gets much more complicated if that were a truth, but it's not. Those things are just sentences relative to a neutral thing that exists in the world. Beauty is an opinion, a grand society defined opinion that shifts and evolves over time and it is not a fact someone with a certain length of hair a certain color of eyes a certain shape of their waist that is not truthfully factually beautiful it is just what people have made up over the course of history and when you can recognize that and see that your body is exactly what it needs to be and it's also a neutral thing in the world It's not ugly or beautiful. It's just a body. It can help you move more towards choosing intentional thoughts. Like I really love and appreciate my body and what it does. It helps you create a much more intentional dialogue overall as you navigate your day, as you go about eating your meals, going to the gym, going outside, going on a walk. It is such an underrated skill to be able to love your body. And it can be a difficult one to develop, but it's a worthwhile effort. So those are, my friends, some underrated skills for weight loss in addition to the necessary skills for weight loss. I hope that was helpful. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to lose weight but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free Set Your Custom Macros call. I'll see you soon.